0: Hey everybody, on this episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show We talk about the glenohumeral ligaments We talk about wrist pain And we talk about do barbell bent over rows Put too much strain on the back The Ask Mike Reinald Show Helping people feel better Move better And perform better Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're here answering your questions about rehab, fitness, sports performance, anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, so keep asking away. we got a ton of great questions in queue that we're still going through, so we're super excited about it. Um, Today, joining me, we kind of got, we'll say, the usual
1: crowd, I guess, for I'm now. Back.
0: Today's Red Day. I'm back. we got some red shirts <laughs> there. Oh, that's right. Dave Tilly I is was back. I next, so it's like
1: three months. Yeah, he was, he's been <laughs> off
0: a while. So we have Dave Tilly here, Lenny McCrina, right? And then, geez, I, I'm, I've forgotten their nicknames. I mean? oh. Um, <laughs> Evan, Evan
1: Eleven? <laughs> yes. Evan
0: Eleven and Sir Nixalot yes. are here. And we have a special request today from the Gabonator. Oh. So the Gabonator tweeted at us and had a special request that to determine which student gets to read the questions today, they have to physically arm wrestle. (laughs) So not thumb wrestle this time, (laughs) to arm wrestle. So you guys get five seconds to arm wrestle and see who wins. My money is on Evan. Wow. Are you going to take that, Nick? Ready? On three. One, two, three,
2: go. Over the top. Get him. Over the top. Get him! Yeah. Don't,
1: Get him explode. don't explode! explode. Don't dislocate Don't dislocate him! Don't dislocate oh, right. Don't, don't triple triple game. Game. <laughs> 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 right. ding, 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 ding. I'm waiting right.
0: for like a viral video. <laughs> 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 don't explode. <laughs> All right, valuable lesson learned. Don't arm wrestle off the edge of a table because <laughs> you, <laughs> you didn't <laughs> have a table to hit yeah. to end <laughs> the match. I saw it getting
1: worse. This I think I almost blacked
3: out. All
0: right, Evan leads it off. he's out of breath, but what's the first question, Evan?
3: So Matt from Jasper, Texas, he asks, why is passive shoulder external rotation sometimes more limited when the patient is at zero degrees abduction than when the patient is at approximately 40 to 60 degrees <clears throat> shoulder abduction? And then he says, this happens often in post-surgical patients with sling use.
0: Okay, so so why, why is sometimes zero degrees of abduction? Why is external rotation limited in that position? And... I, 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 he doesn't say it's, that's like a common pattern. He just said, why could it be? Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, well, you know, every, every aspect of the shoulder, like when you do external rotation at various degrees of range of motion of, of the arm, like abduction, um, it's different portions of the capsule. So um, there's different structures that are being um, tensioned in different positions. So at zero degrees is more superior aspect of the joint, and, and that's probably like the superior glenohumeral ligament, um, kind of the upper portions maybe of the middle um, of the middle glenohumeral ligament, but in that position there, and then as you, as you kind of creep up, it's different portions. so it goes to the middle, and then finally the inferior portion of the capsule. So, I mean, why, why is it limited at different range of motions? Well, it's, it's like two different zones are or, or tight or, or, or whatever it may be, right? So I, there's one. I think there's more. But what you guys want to add anything? i trying to think. There's probably...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the primary. The primary strain is superior glenohumeral ligament in that portion. Um, and I think it's an end feel thing, too. If you look at superior glenohumeral ligament versus middle glenohumeral ligament, you're going to feel more of a
1: firm type endpoint. That's a tough phrase. Which one? Middle glenohumeral you're middle glen M- MTHL. Right. Um, it. Soft tissue constraints too. I mean, as you elevate, you're starting to pick up more slack and other soft tissue, your lat, your teres, your subscap is starting right. to become more so. Right. It can be partial to it well, too. Yeah.
0: And, and going back to his question, he said, why is he more limited at zero? And then <laughs> mentioned post-op, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I would, I think it's subscap too. I think, yeah. you know, yeah. subscap is, especially with these procedures where subscaps involved, like yeah. even, you know, open procedures or even just going through, uh, you know, the anterior aspect of the shoulder, Yeah, subscap and involvement. So I think that's gonna be part of it. And then don't forget that's the position they're sitting in all day. Mm. So they get super tight at zero because they're 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 stuck in internal rotation in that sling position on their stomach. So I think that's just like inherently yeah. based on that. So um, I think that's the easy answer. That's why I didn't start with that. I think that's the easy one. Yeah. The, the secondary one, though, is that it is different portions of the capsule. Yeah. So if if you've had you know some specific injury to the shoulder, I think it, it's, it's just a different portion of the capsule. So, um, geez, I, I, I talk about that a, bit, a bunch on my website. I'm sure. So if you kind of you know look on my website and search around for the glenoh- glenohumeral ligaments, no, glenohumeral ligaments. <laughs> the glenohumeral li- <laughs>
2: um,
0: If you look for that, I think you'll um, you'll uh, you'll find some articles and pretty sure I talked about that I might have an inner circle webinar on that too where we kind of go over those Uh, but check that out I think another thing just one
2: more thing is somebody post-op and you're doing motion at zero degrees I'd be very cautious with that because you're putting more stress on structure that you probably that's like that's going to put stress on the cuff too and that's probably another soft tissue thing Elitrash put a study out I don't know like five six years ago looking at strain on the anterior aspect of the cuff at zero degrees uh, of abduction and showed you put a good amount of strain on the inter aspect of the supraspinatus at zero. So I'd be cautious. And I don't even do range of motion at zero degrees. Everybody's at forty five one ninety because you start taking stress off the shoulder. So I just a little side note on that as well. Bonus question. Yeah.
0: Bonus. Bonus answer. Bonus answer. <laughs> Perfect.
2: <laughs> awesome. See, we just we like to give
3: back here. <laughs> I'm yeah, philanthropist. I like that. All right. What's number two, Evan? Okay. Number two is Shannon from Massachusetts. She's, She's a from great, the entire state. From, uh, a great state. She's in no. Oh, that's why. So that's you know, why you uh, so that's why he skipped it. it? How do you, Is it
0: Worcester? No. See, in Massachusetts, Worcestershire sauce. We say <laughs> everything <laughs> weird here. Right. It's Wusta. Wusta. Oh, oh, I've heard people say that. California guy. I'm not sure how that came about. It doesn't It's not spelled that way. It does look like Worcester. All right. So from
3: Worcester, Massachusetts. I like how you tried to skip it. That's why I skipped it. All right. What is Shannon? Yeah. Her question is that she's a rock climber. Um, she wants to know the difference between carpal tunnel and wrist tendinitis, And what are some tips to prevent re-injury after rest and recovery? All
0: right. So, so wrist pain in a rock climber. How, how can you tell if it's carpal tunnel or tendonitis? It sounds like you've been Googling stuff yeah, like right. this. indeed, well, so. um, that's good. So, uh, Dave, you treat a lot of gymnasts, right? You work mm-hmm. with gymnasts. They must have a lot of wrist things, right? Yeah, uh, for how, sure. When somebody has wrist pain, how do you differentiate between if it's carpal tunnel or a tendonitis?
1: Mm-hmm. So the diff- they have, tend to have different kind of symptoms, I guess, is the main thing. So tendonitis issues are more focal. You can kind of point to one spot and say like it's more of a like an ache or like an overuse type thing carpal tunnels tend to have repetitive and they tend to start to get some burning or some like traveling pain. It kind of like creeps into their hand a little bit or sometimes it's uh, different positions alleviate it. So if you are in this position or you're in certain positions and you're like, wow, I really feel it, but you're coming out of it and it can go away completely, usually that's more neurological tension versus you know a wrist tendonitis tends to be like, your hand could be in certain position if you squeeze a muscle a certain way or provoke it. it, doesn't matter where you put your hand in space, it kind of always lights it up a little bit. Um, and I would say the other one too is you can check different tests with I guess, manual muscle testing versus like a, a, neural, a nerve tension. So if somebody has a carpal tunnel and you can provoke it with end range or I guess rock climber, you could be at like at that end reaching position, certain ways you put your hand could provoke it versus that's probably not going to happen in a wrist tendonitis. You're not going to get that like kind of burning sensation in the nerve stretch. Yeah, I like how you ended it there too. With the, it's it's a different type of pain too. Mm. Carpal tunnel usually a little
0: different feeling Mm -hmm. you know for those that i'm sure have had a tendonitis or an epicondylitis or something you, you know
1: what that feels like carpal tunnel just feels different yeah and a similar bonus thing is that i've found a lot of carpal tunnels are not carpal tunnels they're more up the road they're kind of definitely caught up in your neck or things like that so some people are typing at their computer and they're like my carpal tunnel really hurts but they change their neck position and alleviate it and it goes away so yeah Bonus number two. You have to have a third bonus. What a day. You have to give another one. What a day. Totally agree, though. All
0: right. What's number three? All right. That was answered so well. Let's just move on. That was fantastic. Dave Tilly in the house. I had two
1: two months to think about it, so I'm back. (laughs) That was your first question in a while.
3: Okay. Last question is from Brad. He wants to know... Where's where's Brad from? It doesn't say.
0: I don't trust his (laughs) style. (laughs) Brad
3: May 15th. I believe oh, we got it. Oh Brad's, <laughs> from, oh, Brad's from Twitter. That's why. What's Brad's, hand, Brad's, what's from Brad's from hand <laughs> handle on Twitter? At B Marlow 42.
0: B Marlo, I like it.
3: Very Miller. Okay. So, <laughs> last question. Are bent over barbell rows a good exercise or does it have too much shear force on the spine?
0: Oof. That's two questions. So, there's yeah. maybe the bonus right there. Mm. Are, are bent over barbell rows a good exercise? I would say yes. Yeah. And then two is um, do they have too much stress on the spine. Is that what he said? Sheer force. Sheer force. Wow. Okay. Sheer force mm. even better. Um, so I, yes and yes. The question is just what's too much? Yeah. You know, I mean, stress is stress. Everything's stressful, right? Like me sitting here is stressful. Me picking something off the ground is stressful. So every exercise has stress. So if we were to compare a, a bent over barbell row compared to, let's say, a unilateral row or even like an inverted row, I think there's differences in EMG activity that you're going to get in your paraspinals, in your lateral even, and stuff like that, your core musculature, it's going to all be different between the three. Um, if I, There's been some recent research in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning research that's, that's actually shown that inverted rows have a higher amount of lat activity, uh, and, and unilateral has a high, higher amount of oblique, obviously, makes sense, and then uh, bent over barbell had the highest amount of lumbar paraspinal, mm. which is like one of those like duh comments, yeah, right? Like that. yeah, this is exactly what we thought it would. So it really depends on your, your person here. Um, yeah, I think bent over barbell rows are super easy to screw up. Yeah, know, that was my comment. You could just do it with like with poor form. Or well, 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 more importantly, I bet a lot of people don't have the ability to get into the right form. I, I don't think I personally do. Um, I and it's it, hip hinge is a definite big part of it. But like my hamstrings are super tight. I'm a mm. super tight hamstring guy. So for me to get in that, imagine the position I'm going to get into if I put my hamstrings at a completely lengthened position and try to load my back and. What we're doing is we're using a barbell, which means I can load the crap out of it, mm. right? Like we can really get aggressive with that and really put you know bilateral movement on there. So, am I going to stress the back? Well, yeah, I mean I'm definitely going to stress back, and it's going to be more. But for me, it's it's you know it's it's all in that spectrum. It's very appropriate for people at the right time if you can get into that position. But heck, me with my tight hamstrings, I'm going to struggle to get there. So then my lo- low back's going to take over. I'm probably going to be more of a posterior pelvic tilt. So again, my low back's going to be at a disadvantage. Um, heck yeah. Geez, sorry, I went off on that one. That was are you, good. Are you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that, was a, that was a very
2: emotional I don't get <laughs> yeah. a bonus thing. I think the moral is there's probably maybe better things you can do. A little, a little
0: safer, I would maybe? Let's not say better. Though, right. Uh, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. rehab perspective. The rehab right. perspective would say better. That's fantastic for you if you want to get to that point.
1: In right. That. Yeah. I think good and rel- good and best is relative to your goal. So if your goal is to, you need a barbell and that's part of your sport, like Olympic weight then that's a great exercise for you. But if you're someone who's just trying to be healthy and go about, maybe we split it up and do some sort of, you know, anti-flexion with a row or with a unilateral thing and two exercises to maybe make it more effective for you to get in a better position. Yeah. And to go back to Lenny's comment too, essentially, there's
0: many regressions. Mm. There's many other things you can do mm. and do quite well. So, right. um, so no, I think it's it's a great exercise. It's, you just got to be the right person at the right, right time, right, I yeah. guess, which is kind of like every exercise, right? right? So It depends. Yeah, lots of bonuses on this episode. We so. should be the bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll call this the bonus episode. Special prize in size. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Another great episode. Uh, keep asking us questions. Go to com and click on podcast. And, um, you know, keep asking away. We want to We want to keep, keep going with this. So um, do that. Give us a hand and get on iTunes and give us a nice review and a rating. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast.